Welcome to a new episode on our Canadian Experience, the podcast with your host, Abisoya Kela. On this show, we tell of the amazing stories of African professional immigrants in Canada, and we share mind-shifting conversations of their journey. The episode you're about to listen to is a conversation about a young student who's turned into an entrepreneur and how his sole business is giving back to the community that he belongs to. I trust you're gonna enjoy this conversation. Let's dig in. With me today is Tosi Ajibolam. Hi Tosi, how are you doing? Welcome to the podcast series. Thank you for joining me today. Hi Abisoya, thank you so much for having me today. Um, really excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you just came out of attending the Coalition Conference in Toronto. I did not know anything about it before. Um, I saw it on your page and a lot of other people. I think I saw it on your page first and I just started seeing it everywhere. Um, what was that like? I know it was exciting from the pictures I've seen. Oh, yeah, um, <clears throat> absolutely. It was It was a it was a really great experience. It was my first time attending it, actually. And um, there were 35,000 people from... Wow. From actually all over the world because I met people from Europe, people from... Asia, people from um, some countries in Africa as well, and um, also here in North America. So it was um, it was a really really great experience. Um, it was a gold mine for networking and startups and investors and all of those things. It was um, it was worth it. <laughs> in, in, oh wow! Worth it. It was great. Wow, wow, that's really awesome. So any significant trends coming out of the conference that affect? professional immigrants community like anything that you know particularly you're also in that your startup is about you know the professional immigrant community so anything any new trends uh well maybe not new trends but um there's just a whole lot around the amount of skill and talent that's needed here in canada and um it's 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 on the rise i think um toronto is the fourth largest um tech hub in the world right in north america um specifically um, so mm-hmm. there's a lot of demand for tech talent, for immigrant talent, um, and not just um, in the in the the not just software developers, all the supporting roles, right? So business analysts, testers, um, project managers, product owners, all of those things are going to be in huge demand um, in the oh, wow. because um, there's there's a lot going on in, in the Toronto um, tech tech scene now, and I mean North America as a whole. Oh, that's really awesome. So there, that, that means for the people in our community who are majorly the listeners of this series, um, that is good news. So great, good, good. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so to say, I did a bit of um, Jess Bond and a bit of detective work. <laughs> and when I was looking you up, I saw that I found out that you're a man of many parts, uh, but mainly around tech. Um, you are. So am I right about this? You are the co-founder, right, of Welcome You? Yes, correct. Um, oh. Welcome You was mm-hmm. co-founded by four four international students. Oh, okay. At the time. Oh, nice. Yeah. At the time. Okay, that's really awesome. So, what's the story behind it? I'm really curious. Where Where's the rest of the four? <laughs> uh, so the rest of the four is still it's still pretty much active, actually. And um, oh, really? Yes, we. The master's program we attended at UMB is called um, Technology Management and Entrepreneurship. <clears throat> and the way it is structured is you need to grow a business through the master's program, right? So from idea mm-hmm. to building a prototype for that business to go to market. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of different things that we all wanted to work on. Um, for me, I wanted to I wanted to do something around fintech, financial technology, because that was a space I... I operated in Nigeria before I um, moved to Canada. So I wanted to do something in that space. And also because the concept of open banking was not very familiar in Canada. So I thought it was um, a good time to to bring a product like that to to the market. But um, there were a lot of regulatory challenges as a student. So there were so many snags and red tapes that I hit mm. to bring that to life so we all just sat around the table and were like look there's actually so many more problems that we can all face that we that we all faced that we can solve okay so we we actually had a whiteboard session and um started throwing out all the different opportunities problems 
And we realized that even coming to Canada, there were a lot of things and um, the Atlantic region specifically, there were a lot mm-hmm. of things that were available to other areas of Canada or even some certain information that we were seeing, right, online. Yeah. That was specific yeah. to a particular region or a location that we just assumed was, oh, yeah, that's Canada. That's That's how it is, right? So we realized very quickly that there are different Canada is one of the biggest countries in the world in terms of um, geographically. And there are a lot of different things that apply to the different areas of Canada. So how about we try and um, give information and services specifically to the area that you're going to? And that's pretty much how we started. So that was the initial pain point we wanted to solve. And we looked at the different um, specifics of that, right? So what is accommodation in Ontario like? What is accommodation in Nova Scotia or in BC? Right. Um, a lot yeah. of things are very different. So we decided to <clears throat> personalize this, all of these things into one platform whereby you mm-hmm. get all the accurate information based off what exactly you want to do and where exactly you're going. So you're a PR holder landing in Vancouver. These are the things, these are the trends for PR holders. You're a student landing in Ontario. This is the trend and so on and so forth. So basically try to tailor it to fit um, your very specific needs because in as much as the um, the milestones and challenges that are attached to immigration are kind of under one umbrella, everybody's just yeah. different and um, you need proper guidance and specific guidance to your own use case to be successful. So that's pretty much what we try to do around Welcome You and that's pretty much how we started. In yeah. In um in the fall of 2019 actually, and then at 2020, um summer of 2020, we officially registered the company. Oh, okay. So you guys started just before COVID, and yes, yes, yes. Ooh, makes sense. Like like right now, when you say pre-COVID, it feels like it's so it's it's such a long time ago. Like when you say, I I barely can remember what life is what was like before COVID because particularly for me, for example, I came in just in the heat of COVID to Canada. And so, um, you know, that the, the, the fact that I was moving was a change and COVID is also a big change. And so mm-hmm. I can imagine um, what those months were like for you guys before you registered the organization. Are you all male? It's, I'm, I'm curious when you said four, are you all guys or female? No, actually. So um, at the start of the company, we were, there were two, but two, mm-hmm. two, it was it was split evenly actually. So there was two on it was two <laughs> male, two female. Oh, okay, that's really nice. Um, so um, so another question that I have is, so what's your story? That's the story for welcome you. Like, what's your story? I know you came in as a student and you just talked about the course you did, and this came out of the course that you know. This was part of the requirements for you to finish your course or your program. Yep. So what what's your story? Like, I'm curious, how did you, you know, decide that this was going to be a business? And I'll tell you what I mean. The typical, um, you know, immigrant student or immigrant professional is thinking, um, I'm here for a program. I finished my program. I'm going to start working, get my PR, um, get a job right after getting a job, get a house. And I'm kind of settled, you know, that, that always marks the, oh, I'm settled and we're living the Canadian dream. What, what is Tosa's story? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very, very interesting. And um, it's, it'll probably fill up <laughs> a number of pages, but I'll, I'll try to summarize it um, as a whole. So I, I worked for about three years um, from about 2016 till 2019 before I got here. As mm-hmm. a, I wore several hats actually throughout that period. So I started off my professional career as um, an operational excellence um, officer at Abzone Group. Okay. Abzone Group, um, they're a fintech company in Nigeria, and um, it's pretty much where my career kick started. And um, I started learning about different products, how to service the banking industry, and um, so on and so forth. And I transitioned to uh, project management role, right? Trying yeah. to be 
the overview of the entire thing from 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 I'll tell you an aerial plan, <clears throat> and mm-hmm. it was it was good. It was it was quite an experience, you know, chasing the project managers, the testers, the developers. Um, it was it was a good it was a good role, and um, along that journey, I also realized that there's actually so much more around the product that. I wanted to know. I started to pick up interest in the very details of the product, how to satisfy the customer, what exactly to do to make sure that um, your customers come back and continue to yeah. pay you. So in um, late 2017, early 2018, I was on a project um, by myself. I was scared about that project, but I was on that project mm-hmm. in Tanzania because I had to go alone. And yeah. I think um, a bank, one of the big banks in Nigeria was setting up in East Africa and we had uh, one of our products to to set up and take a training um, for their staff on. So I had that assignment and I was scared at the beginning, but um, after two weeks, it kind of built a new confidence in me about how we can build stuff that people really need and yeah. the ball rolling. So. That experience kind of just opened my mind towards wanting to do something, something different, something on my own, something where I have that autonomy as well. So I, I looked at the the startup scene in Nigeria and I honestly wasn't very, very pleased with it because... Uh, it is tough. <laughs> tough. Uh, your, your ideas are not... It's not the only thing that will propel you, right? You... You need to have certain connections. You need to have certain people on your good side, irrespective of how good your product you- is. And there was just a lot in the scene happening. And I was like, mm, you know what? I probably would just go to Canada. And I had a couple of friends that were coming as well. And we actually used to have chats and just talk about it randomly while we were still at the university. And um, we picked up the plans. Um, a friend of mine, applied in 2018 he got in and it was really good it was so many good reviews about canada he was in ottawa at the time and okay he's telling me everything about canada everything about ottawa what the experience was like i was still working at Absinthe at the time and i i enjoyed the stories and i was looking forward to it so i applied as well and i got denied in 2018. <laughs> I got denied and i was I was mad about it, but I still had my employment in Nigeria and it was good. So I stayed and uh, continued in Nigeria. And I tried again in 2019. And then I got admitted to two schools. I got my study permit. And it was yeah. now, those two schools do I do I go to. But um, eventually I picked New what? Brunswick because the, the program in New Brunswick resonated a lot better with me because I didn't have okay. to yeah any anything that i didn't want to do right you know a lot of times we take setting classes at school and because some of them are prerequisites you just have to do them but this yeah i can imagine yeah program was more around what you want to do right what you have a drive for what you have um interesting and that way that's pretty much one of the the easiest ways to success is when you're doing something that you love yeah, true. And at the end of the day, you can get paid for it. <clears throat> I think it's, it's, it's one of the sweetest spots to ever be at. So, so yeah, that was that was pretty much what propelled. It was my love for products in Nigeria and seeing people use the services that we provided. I'm like, this is where I want to be. I want to be in this entrepreneurial yeah. space. I want to build stuff that will provide value to different individuals, whatever customer segment I'm servicing. Um. Coming to Canada was, and taking that program was also because I wasn't quite sure how to sell, right? I was okay. more on the tech side, tech side, product side, but I didn't know so much around the business operations, you know, strategy, management, and this course also offered a lot of those things. So it was just a no-brainer for me not to not to pick it to propel and, and service this dream that I <laughs> 
that I had. Yeah, I know. So yeah, that's um, that's pretty much pretty much my story. Before all of this, when I was a lot younger, I wanted to be a professional basketballer, but that's that's that's. Oh, <laughs> tell me about it. Uh, I like I like that that you put it there. Like he wanted to be a prof. You're pretty tall. Like how how tall are you? Oh uh, well, I mean in the basketball scene, not too tall. I'm six two. <laughs> six. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, the average yeah. basketballers would probably be like six five, six six, but um. I mean, wait. <laughs> I mean, okay, not 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 a problem. It, it's cool. You're not a basketballer, but you can roll with basketballers yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> I have another. I have another question. Yes. So I'm curious. You mentioned that you had two admissions. Um, this is one being New Brunswick. Um, and then the other one. Where was that? The other was one, it also in New Brunswick? No, it was. Um, it was in Ottawa. It was Carleton University. Are you kidding me? So you chose. New Brunswick over Ottawa? Interesting. Yes. <laughs> I'm also in New Brunswick, and I, I know that I did not choose New Brunswick at first. Um, <laughs> New Brunswick chose me, so that is really interesting. So, um, so I mean, it was... Go ahead, please. One, one reason was, was because I connected with a lot of people in New Brunswick. Remember the friend I mentioned earlier was in Carlton, actually. He was supposed to go to the same program. I got admitted to the same program. But okay. I had a couple of friends in New Brunswick that um, I was having different chats about what the startups were doing, the conversion rates, right, of the, pro- the, the number of groups that go through the program and continue to run their company at the end of the day. It was a whole yeah. higher end. While I was doing all this research, um, the company in the cohort before mine, that's the class before mine, raised yeah. raised two point five million in pre seed funding. Oh wow. So it was just pretty much No brainer. It was a no brainer <laughs> that, um, I mean, these guys is it's pretty much like an accelerator. When I looked at that program, it was not really like yeah. So it was you're getting a master's degree for being in an accelerator, building your own dream. <laughs> I know that's like that's like two or three for one. So. Yes. Um. Yep. So that is great. You mentioned something about talking to people before you can. Um. One of the reasons why I do this podcast, Jose, and I know that we I I mentioned that to you when we first chatted, is because I feel like um most professional immigrants, particularly from Africa, aka Nigeria, yep. um, well not Africa, like particularly also Nigeria, because that's the community I'm most exposed to, um, which I also belong to, is that we come in and we we do not acknowledge this whole change as a monumental change in our lives. It's a big transformation. Um, and we just, you know, get hit the ground running and we're like, oh, I'm, I'm Nigerian, man. Nigerian, they carry last. Let's do this thing. Um, however, we, we lose out, we sometimes lose ourselves in the process. And I wanted to, in this season, I have been, I'm looking for storytelling in a way to be able to encourage other people so we can mirror other people to see this person has done this and so I can do this. So there are ways that I can do this out there. Um, so that's one of the very important things for me um, with this with this podcast. But something that you said, I'm going to point to three things that you mentioned to say because I'm listening and I'm jotting down because yeah. this is also particularly for me. Yeah. Um, you mentioned... Um, reaching out to people before you came. Like you reach out to your friend in Ottawa who was in a different program, and you also reach out to these other folks in this program. So you obviously did your research and you were networking and talking to people right. is why you found out that the New Brunswick um, um, uh, college was doing better. The program was doing better in New Brunswick and the conversion rates um, for people who held onto their business after the after their program was higher. Um, another thing you talked about is you had put yourself under fire before. Um, you talked about doing a project where you were the only one doing it and you were scared, but you had to do it. So it looks like you, you're already getting baptized with fire and that probably... Um, from my angle, just sitting down here listening to you, that probably has um, helped you to, you know, be able to jump on this. Am I, is that right? Or have yes. I picked out the... No, no, no. I mean, I was, so starting with your last point, I'll say you're 100% correct. Mm. And I want to switch it up. Yeah, sure. So th- thank you, Tosi. I want to switch things up a little. Um, Welcome You was 
one of the was regarded or named one of the high potential startups award and you guys were awarded um grants with the last DMZ's uh Black Innovation Summit Awards. Yes. In your experience, right? So congratulations first. Thank That's you. really cool. Um but in your experience, how do you how does one get there? And by there I mean being a Nigerian immigrant student who's uh fought all odds to be here and then you build a startup. Now how do you get to be taken seriously? Um, like what I'm, I'm trying to build a business. So, so what would you tell someone who is starting up building a business um, in a community where you probably don't have all your network of people that you knew from back home as a professional um, yep. and you're starting up here and you're trying to build something? How, what's the mindset? How does one get there? to be taken that seriously? Um, so I'll say the first one is <clears throat> you have to be you have to be open-minded to start with, right? Okay. And when I say also Yeah, when I I'll let me let me elaborate on that a little is there are a lot of things that we learn consciously and unconsciously, right? Growing yeah. in one particular culture, right? So for example, you grew up all your life in Nigeria, of course, a few vacations here and there, but nothing more than a week or two. Yeah. There's a lot of things that you probably do not know about how other people operate, how they run their lives, what their day-to-day is, what their culture, what is offensive, what is not. So you need Mm -hmm. to learn those things. You need to actually put in effort, like conscious effort to learning what life as a Canadian is like when you were born to your Canadian family, how did you grow up? What are the things that you guys found offensive? And these are the things that you pick up by having, making local friends. Yeah. Right? Being at different events, networking events, pretty much going out of your shell. That was pretty much how it happened for me. Every time I had the opportunity to speak to somebody who was from here, I always mm-hmm. took that opportunity. And I, quickly found um, some mentors through my TME program that were very, very instrumental and still are um, on on my journey. So it was a case of, look, this is the value I want to provide. This is where I want to be at. I'm not sure what exactly I need to do to get there, but I'm willing to learn. That was pretty much it. So it was a case of being very genuine with your intentions of what you want to do, where you want to be at. It's like, I, yeah. I spoke to so one of them is, is, his, his name is his Dom. His name is called Dom, Dominic Blakely. Um, yeah. I I had a chat with him. I'll, I'll, I'll always remember this. And it's like, oh, I want to build a business, but I'm scared of it failing. I'm not sure. And he was like, how old are you? And I told him. And he was like, mm-hmm. you are so young. At the time, I was 23. And he's like, yeah. excuse me, you are so young. What do you mean? Like you have enough time to try this out, fail, learn, and try it again. And I was like, hmm. and then told me his own story, told me several stories around, introduced me to people who had similar um, constraints, even at later ages in their lives. And I was like, okay, wow, this is this is really really doable, right? So yeah, up genuinely to people who can help you is. Mm-hmm was one thing that was very, very instrumental for me. And um, I'd say you don't need to have it all figured out. That's another problem that a lot of people make. Um, They're scared to be at a table where they don't know certain stuff, right? So you end up saying the wrong things in an attempt to sound smart. Mm. And what I've noticed about Canada as a whole is a lot of people pick up on those things. Yeah. Unfortunately, not everybody may be able to tell you that this is where the problem is. And Canadians are very polite, actually. Yes, exactly. So, what you start to notice is a little withdrawal or just a general acceptance of everything you're doing. So, whether you're doing right, you're doing wrong, you just get a smile and you get a pat on the back. And it can be very misleading when that is the case because you're not sure if you're doing the right thing, but nobody, people around you are scared. to tell you 
or correct you because, I mean, you've come off as you know everything, you know what you're doing and so on and so forth. But it's, it's really not the case. What I've realized okay. through my short journey here is having a goal alone is okay. Figuring out the plan yeah. for that goal, you need the people around you. And it's okay not to know how you're going to get to that goal yet, right? Because, I mean... yeah. There's so many things that you have to consider, so many things you have to learn. So it was just pretty much around opening up to people and also patience, right? Um, there were a lot of introductions that people made on my behalf. They're like, oh, Mitosin, this is what he's trying to do. And the results I expected from those introductions were not the things I got. Mm. A lot of people are like, nah, this guy is just all talk or it's performative or they don't... They're not willing to help. But what I realize is well, they, they, might, they might just not be at the point to help at that particular point in time. At that or time, yeah. You are not even ready to receive that help. At that time. Yes, at that particular point in time. So it's pretty much around timing. And what I realized also very early is not every single relationship I build will yield results immediately. Sure. That's another thing. So, uh, yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. I, I, I was going to say I like that. I, I like the mindset behind it, like knowing that not every – and these things that you've talked about, it's it's the same thing that – it's the same thread um, for you as a, as a professional immigrant, whether you're opening a business or you're actually going to start, start a new job. Um, don't come to the table feeling like you know it all. Um, be open, be genuine. Um, not every connection is going to yield, um, what you think is going to yield at a time. And, um, I like the idea of starting, but to be honest, Tosin, let's look at it. Every person, every professional immigrant who's left their home has actually done that. Like they, they actually have a, 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 an iota of that in them already because you've left uncertain, you've left certainty for uncertainty. Right. Like you've probably left your job to be here. Yeah. Um, just put money in this Canadian dream that you don't know what's going to happen, right? So very interesting. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> so how big is Welcome You right now? So um, the team has, we have nine people. Nine people on the team. Awesome. Yes, um, some designers. I call everybody. Everybody on the team is a rock star. So we have some rock star designers. Um, <laughs> we have testers. We have some software developers as well. And then um, a couple guys on on the day-to-day operations. So that's pretty much what it is. And um, we, we, have, we have one product right now. But um, there are a few yeah. giveaway that we're currently um, building as well. So the goal behind Welcome You is to be that community where newcomers can find every single thing they need and also the different services that will make you be successful as a newcomer um, in, in Canada. So our goal is everything that points towards a newcomer's success is where we want yeah. to be at. That that is really great, and I know that a lot of other people are also doing this, and so you must by now be growing a community of other of other um, entrepreneurs around around the same around the same uh, team, right? Yes. So I mean, yeah, we so at Collision there was actually um, a spotlight on all the social impact startups. That's that's how we were categorized, and. We actually had a dinner where we all discussed the various pain points and what we realized is we're actually not even enough in that space so oh wow oh yeah a lot of times people are usually very scared of competition but um the approach with most of the guys i met and i'm really really excited about it is we're all thinking in the light of collaboration over competition right and that way is one of the mm-hmm. ways to capture the entire market and make sure that you're successful because you're not trying to outdo the other guy. The other person. Um, mm-hmm. As long as both of you provide value to your customers, right? Then mm-hmm. those customers will pay you at the end of the day, right? They'll pay mm-hmm. for the value you're providing. So if both the two, three companies can come together and provide ultimate value to somebody, why not? So we had. I like that. 
oh yeah, we had um we had conversations around the immigration side of things. That's the regulatory side of things. We had conversations around finding jobs as an international um, coming into Canada. There were so many different companies that were handling a lot of those different things around um, the currency exchange as well, right? Mm-hmm. Those were things that we we also discussed at that table. So it um it's really exciting because. I I found all the people who are trying to solve the same pain points, which validated the fact <laughs> and all the things that we were doing, we are doing um, at Welcome You because it's, it's a really big space, it's a really big problem. And um, it's not yeah. in Canada because we started it thinking, you know what, let's try to, let's try to service Atlantic Canada as a whole. But speaking with a lot of these other people, and of course, even from research, we can see that it, um, it's a nation, nationwide thing that um, that needs to be solved. And not only in Canada, at the end of the day, the other countries that are opening up to immigration I would definitely benefit from services like this. Yeah. I like the idea of um, not just in Canada, because I can see just with the way the world is going, like lots of other countries truly are opening up to the idea of immigration. But Canada seems to have it i won't say all figured out but you know they seem to be the one who's invested most in immigration particularly um around professionals and it's working for canada right so that is really awesome i'm excited that you guys are thinking collaboration over competition yep. that is awesome yep. and something that just caught my ears you know made my ears stand is the fact that you're not enough yeah. Um, you're, you're not enough of you solving, trying to solve this problem. Um, so that's, that's exciting. You talked about Atlantic Canada, Tosi, yeah. and I am new. I'm fairly new in Atlantic Canada, which is why I got like really interested. Like, so this is how I found you. And I know I told you, but I'm just going to let the listeners also hear. I was about to unsubscribe from something I had unsubscribed to at the beginning of my stay in Canada. And I was like, I don't even read these emails. I'm just going to unsubscribe. And I opened the most recent one to unsubscribe and I saw the 30s under 30. And I was like, huh. And I just scrolled through and I see a Nigerian. I'm like, yeah, that's a Nigerian. And so I started looking you up this very same day. Yeah. Um, but what caught me was like, oh, he's actually in, a, he's in New Brunswick. And um, for me, I've, you know, I feel I'd come from Alberta. So I felt like New Brunswick is really small um, and stuff like that. So seeing that someone is doing awesome stuff in Atlant- Atlantic um, Canada got me curious. So I know that you, you, there seems to be an active community out there in Atlantic Canada supporting Atlantic businesses by immigrants. Um, yep. What has, is that true? And what has your experience been like? So yeah, to a very large extent, um, I'll say it's true. And um, <clears throat> also because immigration is, um, Canada is a country that um, that is built on immigration. Yeah. Right. Um, a lot of a lot of the economic growth in Canada comes from the fact that immigration is as big as it is. So mm-hmm. all the big. I mean, Toronto is probably one of the most diverse cities in in the whole world, and yeah. that's due to immigration and the growth in in Toronto as a whole can be credited to the number of immigrants that are coming in, joining the workforce, and so on and so forth. And Atlantic Canada has been very conservative place um, for some time and they started to notice how much growth can come here if they have the right skill set and also if they have the right number of people coming from outside to help them propel um, this growth. So a lot of organizations started opening up to embracing new people, embracing new ideas, supporting um, non-Canadian founders and immigrants to the best of their ability to make sure that the value they provided can benefit, the value they're providing, sorry, can benefit Mm -hmm. their own people and even the newcomers and immigrants as they come. So Atlantic Canada has um, open arms towards newcomers now and um, I mean, I'd say the rate at which immigration is growing here is exponential compared to how we used to be in the past. In terms of the numbers, 
and the volume is probably not as big as Ontario and the rest of Canada, but uh, in terms of how much it has grown, I'll say it has probably grown over a hundred percent or maybe a hundred and maybe like a hundred and fifty percent. Um, I used to have that stat, but I don't remember it anymore. But yeah, so we mm. were starting to get a lot of support here. Some organizations are starting to carve out um, specific programs for BIPOC businesses, for Black businesses. This wasn't things. These weren't things that we had in Atlantic Canada two, three years ago, right? So a lot of that help, a lot of that support is starting to to make its way down to the East Coast. And that's honestly one of the reasons why I didn't move out of the East Coast because the general uh, mindset is that all the, all the opportunities are everywhere sides <laughs> the yeah, sure. coast, right? And when you look at it um, from a different perspective of this is an emerging market from within the Canadian context, like if there's any region that is trying to emerge and trying to do things and trying to bring as much growth, socioeconomic growth, I'd say Atlantic Canada is at the forefront of that. Um, Calgary is also leading in that regard, but um, yeah, yeah, Calgary, sorry, Atlantic Canada as a whole is is making a lot of wave, right? Trying to position themselves. Um, as a favorable destination for employers, sorry, for employees and workers and foreign um, skilled workers that are coming. And I think New Brunswick specifically is trying to be the cybersecurity hub for all of Canada. Oh. A lot of, there's a lot of there's a lot of efforts that is going into that. There's a new cyber center here. Siemens have a lot of their um, operations here. IBM also does. So it um, is is growing and. I I can confidently say that in the next three to five years, um, it yeah. will grown even more exponentially. Now that you mentioned cybersecurity hub, I think you might yeah you I, yeah I think you're you're right. A friend, well, a friend or an acquaintance just had moved away all the way from Alberta and come and came here to NDCC, that's New Brunswick Community College, yeah. um, to come to the cybersecurity course. And I was like, you move all the way from Calgary, and what's going on? Um, so he must be onto something that the rest of us do not know. <laughs> so. That is that is awesome that there's a community here. I think I might, on behalf of all the listeners, ask you if you do not mind, give us a list of the of the um, you know like communities that support or encourage um, skilled workers, so that we can put on the on the show notes so that people can actually find it. Oh yeah, um, I would appreciate that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would appreciate that. So for um, <clears throat> for people who are considering. Halifax as their landing destination. I'll encourage you to check out my East Coast experience. It's run by a Nigerian. Um, his name is Ifani. He has been doing this for quite some time and um, it's one of the best supports you can get. There's also the Tribe Network. Um, it's run by a guy who was originally from Ghana, but I mean, he moved here, uh, I think when he was four. So Alfred is a great resource. Um, he's been very, very, um, supportive of all the work we're doing, making introductions, um, trying to see us succeed. And also um, the, the operating officer at, um, at Tribe, um, Sally. Sally has also been a really, really good support. So I'll say my East Coast experience is one you should look out for. Um, Tribe oh, nice. is another one. Out of Moncton mm-hmm. is, um, is an organization which I'm actually um, on the board. It uh, is called um, Ven Innovation. So they are pretty much like an incubator accelerator type that um, can help you out in terms of you want to start a business and um, you can also make some connections there for businesses that you can work with, right? They have some high potential startups in their garage that um, that are building really amazing stuff for the region and also, of course, even to export that you can be part of. And then it's um, out of Fredericton, there's Planet Hatch. Uh, Planet Hatch mm-hmm. was the first um, organization we got um, any sort of funding from. Actually, the oh, second, nice. yeah, second actually, UNB was the first. We got out uh, from the TME, the J. Haber Smith Center. But Planet Hatch was also very instrumental to to us starting off um, as a company. So there's, there's a lot of support and I'm always happy to 
point people in the right direction. Um, yep. At least around things that I'm very knowledgeable about. Um, I'll be happy to do that. Maybe by email. Yeah. You'll probably share my email and um, might take some time to get back to you, but I'll all well. will respond. I I definitely would would respond to that. So so yeah, those those are pretty much the ones I know from the top of my head. If there are any more, I'll probably share with you and you can share with the audience. Yeah, thank you very much, Tessie. But to be honest, I think you do better with your emails. You, you're 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 not as bad. <laughs> you you respond. Trust me, I've I've had some, and I and I understand it. Like like life is busy. You have good intentions, but you know it's just like I'll respond to that email after, and then you forget. But to be honest, um, giving kudos to you, Tessie. You you were you were pretty responsive on the emails and the conversations before we got here. So thank you for that. Um. Firstly, I have one question for you. So how does it feel to be 30 under 30? Like when you mentioned 23 at that time, my mind, I was in the math. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so how does it feel to be 30 under 30? What, what, what's, that, what, what's that feeling like? It's, I'm curious. It's a, <clears throat> it's a very humbling experience. Um, don't give me, oh yeah, wait, so let's wait. Pause. <laughs> don't give me the, I don't want the Nigerian, I don't want the Nigerian politician answer. I want to know the excitement. I want to hear from the very first time you saw it, the excitement, the, I, I want that. I don't want the, I don't want the, the political answer. Because <laughs> I know that if I get 40 under 40, I can, I can tell in my head <laughs> the things that I will do before I bring myself back to say, okay, calm down or something. So I want to hear that. I don't want to hear the, it's a very humbling experience answer. Okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. But I mean, it, is, <laughs> it 100% is, but, but I, I, was, I was super, super, super happy about it. I called my friends, I called my parents. I was like, guys, this came true. And I, I didn't think it was possible. I, I was just trying to build something and help. The guys that were mm-hmm. behind me, I didn't expect that kind of recognition. Like those were things that I used to see on TV, and I was like, "Oh, that must be nice. That guy must be doing something really rocket science, doing some rocket yeah. stuff, or something that was pretty much out of reach." But uh, yeah. when it came through, I was like, "Wow, this you were actually <laughs> you're actually recognized as one of the guys that's trying to do something impactful in the entire region." So this was even across four provinces. Right, so uh, mm. it was it was good. The excitement was was out of this world. I was by the end of the day, I was I appreciated the fact that what we were doing, what I was trying to do here, was recognized, and all that did for me was even fuel the ambition and the goal even more. Right, because mm. like oh wow, so if you do this stuff and you provide this value and you still stay locked in into the reason why you started. A lot of good things yeah. come along the way. So it um it was a good it was a very, very great experience. And I'll say it was actually a pivotal one as well because it kind of opened up the network that I had, the people that I started to have access to. Yeah. It was um I mean I I was that very day actually at the after the after the dinner and the award night. I stopped by a company that we're trying mm-hmm. some partnerships with, and as I walked in, somebody was sat at the front desk reading the magazine that I had my face on. So it's like, oh no, oh no, it was, um, <laughs> it was a great, it was a really, really, really great experience, and. I'm happy for you. That that must really feel very exciting. Yeah. Um, and so has the vote been cast? Like, what 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 do we? How do we support? Have you gotten it? What does that look like? Oh no! So the thirty under thirty was um. So they nominate they they award thirty people that are under the age of thirty. So I was one of the thirty recipients for that. I think the one you're probably okay. talking about is the top twenty five immigrants in all of Canada. Oh my God. So I missed it. So you have two, like you had a nomin. So right now you have nomination aside and that's the top 25 one, right? Yeah. So the top okay. 25 one will be announced on August 4th. So okay. just holding up. So how do, how do, how do we help? <laughs> well, voting ended. So unfortunately there's not much, oh. there's not much that can, okay. um, that can be done right now, but, um, 
I mean, I would say a lot of people voted really well, so I'm hopeful that that will come true. Okay, and even and even if it doesn't, like I think that you've done really good. Like you weren't going out looking for this, exactly. but it just really feels good that you know you're being recognized for the work and you're you you're providing um, something that um, we first well for us I don't know my I have a son okay. I have a seven year old oh. and and he's he's a very curious awesome kid who is, you know, he's um, one of those highly emotionally intelligent child who would look around and tell you, like, he can spot the difference. Um, so he already tells me I'm the I'm the brown kid in class and, <laughs> and stuff like that. But just knowing that he can look at other brown kids or look at other people from Nigeria and say, if that guy can do it, then I can, um, is one of the reasons why this for me is for prosperity yeah. um posterity where i where we're documenting the stories i'm putting it out there so that people like him can say um you know the the, the people brown kids because that's what he calls himself <laughs> i don't know i don't know the difference between black and brown these days <laughs> because of the brown kid so he says um so that he can see that other brown people particularly people from nigeria are doing awesome stuff and then he can you know decide to mirror that um is one of the reasons why i'm doing this so well done to see congratulations yeah, thank you so I much think you're doing well. that um thank you i I'm, I'm i really i really appreciate that i think that um that's one of the other thing that one of the other things rather that um that keeps me going because i a lot of these i mean they were happening i was excited about them but mm-hmm. Soon, I started to realize that there are now other people who are paying close attention and um, using a lot of these things as a reference and focal point. Now, of course, I'm trying to make sure that there's not too much pressure on myself, but at the same time, I I also want to show the guys around, the young kids and a lot of other people, that this is actually possible. This actually is actually something that is that is doable. Like you see me, and then. I also try to make myself as accessible as possible because growing up with people who um, who received a lot of these accolades and stuff, they were very, very tough, especially in Nigeria. They were very, very tough to get a hold of. Right? Yeah, true. Right? So you're not sure who you're going to have a conversation with and you probably change their lives or give them a new perspective to how things should be done or how things will be done right so i always just make sure that anybody who wants to talk to me about starting a business about life whatever the case is wants to hear my story i'm always and always happy to share because it's like you said that um your son is my target audience i want to make those guys know that look it is very 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 possible for you to dream and achieve yeah. your dreamed to um and bring it to life at the end of the day a lot of these things are very very doable i'd say execution and implementing what i whatever ideas you have is is the way and if you pers- if you're persistent at what it is that you want to do honestly you'll get to your goal i mean it'll take a lot of resilience it'll take a lot of perseverance it's not a smooth journey but at the end of the day it always works out like I've had a very short journey, but I can tell you that every single thing I was worried about a year ago turned out fine. Yeah. Every single thing that I'm wow. worried about right now, because of that mentality, I already know that in the next couple over time, every single thing I'm worried it's about good. right now is going to be fine. Right. So with that mentality, you're able to just take on things and do and keep on doing. So yeah. Thank you, Tosa. Yep. So question, and speaking of which, I know that you also are um, the chapter leader for Boys, Black Boys Code, um, and, I, and I'm in the Atlantic, and I'm hoping that someone else is also in the Atlantic that can know about it. So what programs do you guys have coming up soon? What does that look like? Um, you know, just tell us a bit about Black Boys Code, because I know that you're already doing that. Yes, correct. Um, so tell us a bit about that. So um, Black Boys Code is, is an organization, it's a non-profit, uh, it's funded by mm-hmm. a couple of founders um, that 
It was established to ensure that black boys are introduced to science and technology at a very young age. So um, I think the <clears throat> we have different programs from, I think the youngest is from, I think, seven till about 15, thereabout, that we mm-hmm. teach various aspects of technology. So there are different topics every month. So we hold the program twice every month, the last two Saturdays of every month. Okay. And... Pretty much the kids are given some materials beforehand to just go through. So, for example, how they build setting games. So, the very last one we oh, did nice. building a spaceship game. And these boys play, they already play these games, right? So, exposing them to the technology behind the games, why certain characters are moving the way they are moving, why you should have gone and the bullet hits your opponent, how as a system able to understand a lot of those things. Those are the things we teach them um, at Black Voice Code. And they are always very excited. And you see after the session, they're like, oh, I want to be a software engineer. I want to be able to build games. And it's like, oh. and then you have a lot of smart kids asking, oh, is this how Fortnite was built? A lot of the games they play. And I'm like, yep, this is exactly how. Mm. So they're like, wow, so we can build our own games. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. You can mm. do those things. So it's, these are pretty much their formative years and the kind of yeah. they pick up and learn at this point in their life will be one that can stick with them as they grow. I yeah. I didn't I didn't fall in love with computer science or technology until I was about probably 20, 1920. Now okay. about the kids that are seven, exposing them to this. All those, all that, all the years between seven and twenty, there's a whole lot yeah. of knowledge that they will be able to acquire. Now, probably not all of them will go ahead to do stuff around science and technology, which is fine, right? Yeah, but true. Would like to take that path. Would have had one of the best head stats ever. I know. I things, know. These were things that were not present in our black community. Because yeah. You look at guys like Mike Zuckerberg. You look at guys like Wozniak from Apple, the guys from Facebook. A lot of these guys were exposed to this things very early, and that's why they were able to build things that are what billions and billions of, of dollars right now. So because they got that exposure very early and they followed that passion. So that's pretty mm. much what the goal and the vision of Black Boys Code um, is. So our next program will be the last two months, uh, last two Saturdays, sorry, of yeah and um we do it <clears throat> we do it every every month so two saturdays in june and then there's actually also a summer camp that is um is starting i don't remember i don't have the details but uh we have a summer camp yeah you know um it's, that one is three times a week um just to teach the boys around about science and technology they'll definitely have different topics and you can google it you can go to the website um blackboyscode.com and uh you'll see the timetable of what we have and it's free wow it's completely free it is paid for so the kids all they just have to do is get a laptop and join in that is pretty much it wow that's really awesome um so thank you today um tosi for sharing your story um i totally appreciate it i really just wanted to know um what the the mindset behind everything you're doing, um, the man Tosi, um, what, what, what's going on in your head, um, also all of the other things that you're doing. And I hope that this uh, series is able to uh, inspire someone to realize that you can do more. Um, I'm hoping that this helps our community uh, of, of skilled immigrant workers who's coming to Canada um, understand that their journeys are different. It can be short or long for some, yep. um, but a mindset is really important. Um, Tosi, I want you to give a final word on... Let's say if you have someone who is not a student right now, who is already here thinking about having a business. Okay. I'll use me. (laughs) I'll use me. So I've been here for a bit and I've been doing my job. Like I I have a nine to five and I totally enjoy it, but I'm thinking of building a business just because I really feel that there's a need out there um, for storytelling and keeping the media, like all of you doing all the good work. Someone has to tell your stories. Um, So I really want to build a business around that. 
I've never held a business. I've always been a professional um, person. So what's your advice for anyone like me? What's the thing that you wish you had known at the beginning of starting your entrepreneurial journey that you would like to share with me or any other person on their journey? So um, a couple of things. The first thing, which is, I think for me, is the most important part of it is patience. Okay. You have to be very patient with your goals <clears throat> because there are a lot of things that you're going to try out along that journey that may not work and you don't want to give up. You don't want to be frustrated okay. about it. That's one. Two, mentorship is 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 huge. You need to find people in the space that you're trying to go into and learn from their stories so you don't make the same mistakes they made, right? Because that way mm. can propel you and yours will probably even be a lot faster because, I mean, you're walking from a place of information, a place of knowledge. And lastly and most importantly, you have to define your customer segment. That yeah. is very, very important because a lot of people build businesses based off the ideas they have, which is great. But you need to ask yourself if your idea or the way you want to build that business is who is going to pay for it. Mm. Right? If you want to get paid for what you're doing, then you have to build what the people that are going to pay you actually find value in. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to get stuck up in your head saying, this is how I conceptualize it. This is how it has to work. That's actually why a lot of founders fail. And sure. you have to make sure that you do a lot of customer discovery. So customer discovery is one, and it kind of ties back to what I said at the very beginning of this podcast um, about networking and talking to people. You want to make yeah. people, you identify the people that you want to pay you for the service they are rendering and make sure and, and hear from them. Why are you going to buy a service like this? Why are you going to do this? And then when they tell you, you take all of that feedback, incorporate it into your business. But that's on the business side. Now, mentorship and being part of different programs, like the DMZ I was part of kind of shaped my business thinking. That was good. Yeah. So if you have opportunities yeah. to join incubators, accelerators, things that can propel and help you start to think in the light of an entrepreneur, because it's a huge risk. <laughs> Going, taking, starting up a business is a huge risk and you need to have the appetite for it. And those are the okay. programs that will teach you how to take calculated risks. So it would, it would kind of balance out the fact that, look, this thing is uncertain. But this is a process that has been defined that if I follow, I will most likely get to my goal. So you need mm. to make sure that you are within as much guidance as possible until you build that business to a certain level where you can now um, operate a lot on your own, uh, which is what we did. We're part of, I think, about three or four um, incubator and accelerator, accelerator programs. And a lot of them kind of just the way, the, way, the way they served as a guidance for us. So you want to make sure that you have um, stuff like that to research the ones around you. A lot of them have very free programming and also even free funding, right? Mm. You can you can leverage. I'd say in, in Canada, information is gold. Like information is what, is, what, is what differentiates somebody who is wealthy from somebody who is just doing okay. It's, it's actually information. Okay. So I'm just going to reiterate what you said um, to round up this session. Uh, the first thing is be patient. Um, you mentioned that the second thing is to define your niche and know that the customer you're trying to service can pay for your services. Yeah. Um, the third thing is information. Information is gold. Um, I think I skipped that. There was one, mentorship. Get a mentor mentorship and also mentor. information is yes. gold. Yes, mentorship. Okay. Thank you, Tosi, for sharing all of these gems. Um, I'm so excited, super stoked to to have this this particular episode put out in a, in a in a bit. And um, thank you, Tosi. That's all I have to say. I just I'm just at a place where I'm yeah. I'm awed and I'm saying thank you. Yeah. Uh, we really do appreciate this. And like you offered, I will put out your email out. Um, and I'm sure people would want to reach out to you and ask us questions. And since you already mentioned that you're open to it, um, I trust that you are able to help them as much as you can. 
and well done with welcome you and every other thing that you do we're proud to be part of the community with you thank you so appreciate much. it thank you so much for having me here.